Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girl. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. You just looked like you were about to laugh, so I laughed for you. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey everyone, I'm Alexa. And I'm Catherine. And we're the girls behind Tickets, Please. And on today's episode, we're talking about the movie Wedding Crashers. You know you make me wanna stop. So I had only seen this once before, and it didn't make that much of an impression on me the first time I saw it. I enjoyed it so thoroughly this time. I thought it was so... Vince Vaughn, I was laughing so much more than I remember laughing the first time. Right? I know we're all kind of over Vince Vaughn's thing, but... I, I'm i not over it. People might be over it, but I'm not. I love it. I think it's so funny. It's like the blueprint, even yes. though it's not because he, he's done that in other movies before yeah. this. But yeah. this everything he says turns into this monologue. Janice, I apologize to you if I don't seem real eager to jump into a forced, awkward, intimate situation that people like to call dating. I don't like the feeling. You're sitting there. You're wondering, do I have food on my face? Am I eating? Am I talking too much? Are they talking enough? Am I interested? I'm not really interested. Should I play like I'm interested, but I'm not that interested? But I think she might be interested. But do I want to be interested? But now she's not interested. So now all of a sudden, I'm getting, I'm starting to get interested. And when am I supposed to kiss her? Do I have to wait for the door? Because then it's awkward. It's like, well, good night. Do you do like the ass out hug? Where you like you hug each other like this, and the ass sticks out because you're trying not to get too close. You just go right in and kiss him on the lips. So don't kiss him at all. It's very difficult trying to read the situation. One of the things I noticed this time around, I didn't watch the whole thing because I've seen it you've so, seen it many, so times, many times, but yeah. I just watched a few parts, but it does not look like it was filmed in 2005. A hundred percent. I also forgot how many truly, how every single person is so famous. And my dad said the same thing. I, was I knew watching, you were going to bring that up. I was watching it. He couldn't believe it. He'd never seen it. And he walked through and he saw Bradley Cooper. He's like, oh, he's in it. And he's like, he's not the main guy. I'm like, well, he's the, the villain ostensibly. So he's He's pretty main. And then he walked by and he saw Christopher walk. He's like, he's in it. I'm like, yeah, every <laughs> single person. Is. And I was like, this movie was a big deal when it came out, Wedding Crashers. Did you catch? I didn't until this time around that there's a John McCain cameo. No. Where is he at the wedding? Yeah. In the beginning, when the senator and the family are standing out there greeting guests as they yes. arrive, he greets John McCain. That's so funny. I couldn't believe it. And I was also surprised. I don't think he he doesn't even really say anything, maybe a couple of words, but he had a really natural energy. Normally when non-actors, really? famous people who are not yes. actors, they always have that same cardboard yes. thing about them. Rachel Ray makes an appearance in the new Gilmore Girls, the Netflix thing. And she is truly horrible. You'd think someone like Rachel Ray, who's used to being in front of the camera constantly, she's so terrible. Or even though she was barely acting, she's acting as her, she was Rachel Ray. The thing that struck me the most, because I was really thinking about it, because I know it's one of your all-time favorite movies. And so I was really trying to see it as such. And this is what I came up with as that sets it apart to me of other kinds of movies like this. It takes a lot of time for stuff. And I know that sounds super vague, but what I mean is the montage at the beginning when they're going to all the weddings, 
is very long. In a movie that came out now, similar kind of party, you know, comedy type, it would be quicker. They would show a few clips. It wouldn't be as long. Every sequence is long and takes a lot of time to get the story going. The beginning is really long. And then I was really struck at how much it the ending goes on for so long. Because after they get found out as lying, usually in a, a rom-com or a comedy, whatever kind of movie you want to consider this, that part where he they have a fight and then he's got to win the girl back is 15 minutes, 10 minutes. This is like a half hour of the after part where everything is blown up and now they're trying to figure everything out. And is the length of these segments an asset in your Yes, eyes? I think it elevates it. So it's it's better. The story is better told because it takes its time to tell it properly rather than it rushing through each portion trying to get because, you know, it's not a it's not the Godfather. So the fact that each part is not rushed makes it feel like a higher quality movie than something similar. Yeah. One of the things I really love about it amongst many is, you know, this podcast is good for me because it's helping me find, it's helping me understand why I like what I like. Yes. And one of the things I really love, or maybe even the thing I love most of all, is the feeling it gives me. It feels so energetically bright and celebratory and full of people, but in a good way. Yeah. And one of the things that really hit me after the ceremony, when they cut to see that view overlooking the water, that straight on wide, wide shot of the reception Mm -hmm. before you actually get into those scenes. You probably don't remember it, but go back and look at it. It's so stunning. Really? I have to go back and look at it because I I know what what part you're talking about, but I can't conjure the visual. A piece of trivia that I found out is that the phrase stage five clinger actually came from wedding crashers i'm looking all over for you i gotta get out of here prano i got a stage five clinger i need more time did you hear what i just said to you stage five virgin clinger really (laughs) i heard vince say it and i was like i wonder where that actually came from and i googled it and this is what it came from that's crazy as well as According to the article I read, that was an interview with the writer. Uh, no excuses, play like a champion. Rule number 76, no excuses, play like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another thing I wrote down in my notes is I realized unless there's something that's confusing me, it looks like they go to the wedding ceremony, then they go to the reception, then they're invited back to the house, they get on a boat. They go over to the house. They change and play touch football. Yeah. Then there's a bunch of commotion and stuff in between. Then they have dinner. Like, how? when was the, what time was the wedding and the reception at? You're right. And even if it had been for some strange reason, a morning, let's say the oh, wait, but ceremony wait. was at. The boat they're on. Aren't they on for a while? Doesn't maybe they're on that? Maybe the boat ride is long overnight, to, though. To, wouldn't into be. the next day? No. no they, they're all still wearing tuxes when they get off. Oh, right. So even if the ceremony, let's say for whatever weird reason the ceremony was at 10 a.m. Yeah. And the reception, there was no cocktail hour, <laughs> and the reception started at 11. 
typically receptions are five hours. Right. So that takes you to what? Four o'clock. By the time everyone says goodbye, you load them up on the boat, you do this, you that. The absolute earliest they could have ended up at the house was five o'clock. And even if that's the case, it looked like the middle of the day, not 5 p.m. But let's say that's the case, right? In what world do all these people have so much energy that they now want to change and play football before dinner? What's happening? And then also they have like a full course dinner after they've had presumably a wedding, which also had a full meal with a a beginning, (laughs) middle and dessert two full course meals we're having in one day and like outside of five hours from each other. That is so true. You know, that joke that people have been saying forever, which is like, even Beyonce only has 24 hours in a day. (laughs) Yeah. Whatever timetable she lives on where she actually has more than 24 hours. Let's be real. Yeah. That's where they're living. (laughs) Right. Because even after football, when, when Jeremy gets hurt and then he's in the back, it's definitely the middle of the day. The sun, it, it looks like 2 p.m. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is when Jeremy comes down the next morning and he comes down and he tells John that he's leaving. I love that whole thing. I love that's the- my favorite. Shut up. Really? Yeah. That's my favorite. That was my favorite scene in the whole thing. When he, <laughs> when he comes down and he tells him he's leaving and then he convinces him. And then I love when he puts all the food on his plate and he asks for the syrup to top him off. And he tells him, he la- he lays it all out for him and he tells him that. Did you pop the syrup for me? Just as a top off? Here's what's going to happen, Tonto. Kimasabi is going to have some flavor. I'm going to choose not to eat with you. We're not going to eat together? No. I like to recharge my batteries and shut down the engines and get myself back to neutral. When the meal's over with, I will talk to you. I don't want to get into what happened last night because it's only going to make me mad. Let's get through today. Let's keep our eye on the prize. Let's focus and let's close some ass. Noted. I can't believe that's both of our favorite scenes. But what strikes me as especially funny is when Jeremy says the thing about having the sock shoved into his mouth and duct taped and that whole thing. (laughs) And John has basically no shock reaction at all. I just had my own sock duct taped into my mouth last night. Well, what? Yeah, the, the, the sock that I wore around all day, playing football in, pouring sweat in, was shoved into my mouth and then was duct taped over it. Well, let's talk about it. I'm a good listener. And I love what Jeremy says in response that he he can't get into it or it'll upset him. He's traumatized. He can't discuss what even happened to him. <laughs> I'm not in a place to discuss what happened, okay? I felt like Jodie Foster and the accused last night. I'm going to go home, see Dr. Finkelstein, and I'm going to tell him we got a whole new bag of issues. We can forget about mom for a while. <laughs> yes. I loved that whole thing. And to your point, John having no reaction to things actually happens again when they're playing touch football. I loved that too. I love when Jeremy gets tackled for like the third time and he walks over to him. He's like, John has no idea what's been going on because he's not paying attention. He's focused on Claire. And so when he sees him and he's scolding him on the ground. What are you doing? It's a game of touch. Every time I look over, you're on your ass again. I didn't hear my lungs. I'd scream at you. Oh, now you're going to blame me because you're not athletic enough to stay on your two feet. I hate you. Meanwhile, Jeremy's been getting pulverized. Yes. He's in excruciating pain. (laughs) Can't breathe. He's gotten the wind knocked out of him like three or four times by this point. But John, all John sees is every time when he ends up on the ground. And even I love the way Claire says to him. Oh my God. 
Your brother, he's down again. <laughs> she like they both just cannot be bothered with it. How good was Bradley Cooper as a villain? So good. I think this was the first thing I ever saw him in. Really? So I didn't like him for a while. Mm, it took him. a few years of seeing him in other roles to make me come around. My favorite scene with him was the end when they're in the church at at Jeremy's wedding and he's screaming and he shows at her. His true color. Yeah, and he's shouting at her. You don't know shit. Claire, go back up in the altar. No. Claire. Claire, get up on that altar right now. Stop it. Claire, get your fucking ass in that altar right now. Wow. Getting a nice preview of what marriage is going to be like with Ike Turner here. It's a really good scene where he's confessing his love for Claire. I love the whole thing. And how supportive her dad is. I love that. Her dad was the only one who really saw and heard her. I know. When they're getting flowers for their, when they're looking at flowers for both of their weddings and he's talking to her and he can see that she wants to say something, but she can't say it yet. I love love that. that. What did you think about Will Ferrell? (laughs) I forgot he was in it. That was enough. I was hoping that would happen. I I forgot he was in it because I remembered that that John goes to see Chaz, but I couldn't remember who Chaz was. And then when he came on screen, he's perfect. This is Will Ferrell self. It's amazing. I mean, I'm not a he. I can only take him in small doses. So this was the perfect amount of yeah. Will Ferrell in a movie. I I think I've asked you this before, but have you? Oh, you have seen Stranger Than Fiction. Yes. Yes, which I love. He's That's great in that. He's he, so good in dramatic roles. Yeah, I know. Which that is, are still, he's still funny, but he's way mm-hmm. more subtle. I know. And it shows that he's a better actor. So I, it's a shame that he's got to resort to that scream comedy, I almost want to call it. It's just, it's like, what if I just yell a lot in this scene and it'll be funny? I, I don't. Even in these types of movies that he's in, mm-hmm. if he would dial it back just like 20%, yeah. this kind of over-the-top comedy can still be very funny and is still very funny a lot of the time but he needs to keep it on an eight not a ten yeah because i don't hate him as much as a lot of people do but if he's the star it's a a little tough for me because it's just this it's the same note over and over there's no complexity to the comedy whatsoever it's just he's loud and obnoxious is the whole his whole deal (laughs) which in this case it fit perfectly plus he's only in it for like 15 minutes so it's not so bad plus it fit his character so in this case it made sense but in a lot of will ferrell movies he's just shouting ridiculousness (laughs) i forgot that they end up going to a funeral it (laughs) is so ridiculous and then when when john (laughs) accidentally says in the church i crashed a funeral earlier and i The whole, and the whole church is involved. Like, do you? Does he doesn't even realize how horrendous that sounds? <laughs> it does, especially when everyone reacts. And I love what Bradley Cooper says to him. Just, I know it's not meant to be like a funny line, but I laughed when he's like, "This congregation really doesn't care about how depressing your life is, John." Okay. I don't know. I just found that word, his use of the word congregation was funny to me. I also didn't realize until I was looking up the names on IMDb that his name was Sack. I thought it was Zach. Imagine naming your kid that Sack. And it's, I mean, it could, he's from a, one of those preppy families. So it could be a nickname, I'm sure but they, I'm sure nickname. it is for something, but, but Sack, really? I'm going to look it up. On IMDb, it doesn't list him as something else. It just says Sack Lodge which is quite a name. This doesn't say what it's short for. It could be a shortened version of Isaac, but I don't think that would have been his name. The name Sack was brought to Britain 
Oh no, are we being office ladies right now in our uninteresting (laughs) deep dives? The name Sack was brought to Britain by the early Norman settlers, blah, blah. Uh, It's derived from the old French word sage, meaning wise. Well, definitely not him. Well, that was a train to nowhere. Yeah. (laughs) Another scene that I love so, so much is when John and Claire are standing at the gifts table at the reception. Yeah. And he's naming what he thinks is in each of the boxes. Yes. I really liked Claire as a character because when you first see her, when she's laughing at the vows and you see her as more of like the black sheep almost where she wants to go against the grain. But when it comes to John, specifically with her react- interactions with John, she is much softer. She Because like a character like that usually is stereotyped into you know, rebel, different from the family. but I don't re- care. Yeah, exactly. Very apathetic, but she does care. And you can see that in that conversation with John, she's really enjoying herself, even though she's trying to figure him out because she doesn't know him. So she's she, she's got a wall up maybe, but she's having fun. And usually that kind of a character wouldn't play along in that conversation the way Claire does. That's a really good point. When he's guessing what's in all the presents, you almost sort of expect that scene to end up with her being like, you don't really know what's in these. Or her to hand him one where she knows what's in it and he makes a guess and it's not that. Or she would say, what's in this one? And he would make a guess and she would say, actually, it's mine and it's this. That's kind of where you would think that scene's going, but she really just plays along. And I love that choice for her. She really gets a kick out of him. She does. She really enjoys his company. It's so heartbreaking toward the end when they show her sitting on the couch with Sack and she tries to do the hand slapping game. I was just going to bring this up. He's so cruel to her. He's so mean to her. Uh, You're not getting enough attention. Because that's a common trope in movies where they'll show the difference between when she was with John and playing the hand game and then she tries to do it later with him. But I actually thought it was well done. I thought it was a really nice comparison because again, they stayed on it for just a second longer than, than something else would that you actually see them have the conversation. It's not just another thing in the montage where you see her do the hands and there's no sound. She, you can actually hear them talking and he just blows her off in the meanest way. I got a lot more enjoyment from the Gloria Jeremy story than I did the first time too. Really? Yeah. Because the first time I just, I don't know, I wasn't on board for it, but I love the moment where he realizes that he actually likes her. They're the perfect flavor of crazy for (laughs) each other. I love that he spends the whole time resisting it. She's out of control. She's, he can't even deal with any of it. And then by the end, he's like, no, I actually think I might like it. I'm not perfect, but who are we kidding? Neither are you. And you want to know what? I dig it. I think the turning point is when he realizes that she lied, that she actually yes. wasn't a virgin. Yes. And that is so crazy that it, it like takes him so far that it comes back around the other side. It reframes all of her actions that have come before that. He's like, oh, okay. So she's not this virgin that I slept with who is now obsessed with me. She's just 
crazy on her of her own volition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's choosing to be crazy. Correct. She's not she she is in control to an extent of her crazy. It's very similar to when Jeremy talks to John about the difference between drawing positive and negative attention to yourself. Rule number six. Do not sit in the corner and sulk. It draws attention to you in a negative way. Draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. I love the detail that Jeremy always sleeps at John's house for his birthday. That is so cute. With his little sleeping sleeping bag. Which, by the way, I'm sorry, but what sleeping bag fits Vince Vaughn? I actually was thinking about this. I I was waiting for you to bring up the size difference between Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know that's one of your favorite things. I don't know. I don't. Oh, is it? That's so You talked about it. When we talked about No Strings Attached, you talked about how you love noticing size difference in movies. And that's one of your favorite things about No Strings Attached is the size is the height difference between Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. I probably said it then and I'm going to say it again. I love that it looks like he could put her in his in pocket. Her pocket. Yep. <laughs> and I also would venture a guess that it wasn't purposeful because th- they wanted Vince regardless. Yeah. And I think Isla probably just was the perfect yeah. person for the role, which she was, was. Was she ever. But the fact that they ended up with such a height difference, I think makes their insanity even more perfect. She's great. Yeah. Love her. I, I loved her performance in this. Even I love when she chases after him when they first meet. Just the way she runs after him and she's calling his name. It's so cute. Jeremy! Jeremy, wait up! You know what other scene I really love? Maybe more visually than anything else mm-hmm. is after the whole beginning montage of them crashing all the weddings when they're sitting on the steps in DC and drinking the champagne the next morning. Yes. And John says, I don't think we're being, I don't want to say sleazy because that's not the right word, but a little irresponsible. I mean, no. One day you'll look back on all this and laugh. Say we were young and stupid. <laughs> couple of dumb kids running around. We're not that young. It's like the seeds were already there then. Yeah. And what I was going to say is I love the parallel between him talking about what you just said. And then Claire says that to him later. Yeah. He's talking about being young and she's like, we'll see. I'm still young. Well, you're not that young. I always love the scene where they're sneaking to each other's doors and then not knocking. Yeah. I love that they're both barefoot. The the shot of them walking barefoot yeah. on the on the carpet that's the runner that's on the hardwood floor. I love that. Such a good visual and like I don't know. There's a grounding to the whole movie that makes it feel really great. Yes. Even I was going to say this before because it but it sounds ridiculous. I'm going to say it anyway. When they're at the Cleary wedding, it really feels like we're at the Cleary wedding. Like I've been to a wedding that's like that. I feel what it's like to be at that wedding. I don't know. Everything feels so authentic. I wish we could understand what it is that makes it feel that way. 
Do you think it's higher production value? Is it Could be. a bigger budget? Is it? It seems, yeah, it's probably those things. Also, it feel they're using a lot of practical sets. It didn't feel as though a lot of it was on a movie set. I think a lot of that was probably a real house and a real. So them really filming in real locations definitely helped. Yeah, you're right. When they're walking down that hallway, it makes me want to live in Massachusetts, which yeah. they're not even they're in Maryland. Which doesn't I, feel, it doesn't feel I don't like Maryland. Know Maryland that way. I think it does. Yeah, I think that rich part of Maryland, I think, mm, does true. feel like that. But I don't have any experience with that. Me neither. So it just feels like Massachusetts. It just feels like yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, I just this is something I always love. I don't know why, but I love that the two of them are going to end up with sisters. I love that. I don't know why. It just makes my heart happy that the two they're best friends and they're going to both be with girls that are sisters. So they'll be like in the same family now. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is how do you think it all ends up? I think that John and Claire will get married and they'll be happily ever after. So you think both couples will be married and happy and Jeremy and Gloria, there's not a thing in the world that can break them up. That'll, that'll (laughs) just, that'll be a a spiral that goes on forever. (laughs) There's no way. Plus both of them are so experienced with the dissolution of marriage that I guarantee that neither of them would have entered into it without really thinking about what it means to get married and not. That's a great point. Yeah. Because not only have they been to a thousand weddings, Uh but they've also seen many, many marriages break up from being divorce mediators. All right. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please share about it on stories and tag us so we can say hi. Thanks guys. Until next time.